Thank you. <laughs> Welcome, hey. everybody, to Dead Talk Live. And today we are joined by director Dale Fabregar and star Michael Paré from the movie They Crawl Beneath, which is being released tomorrow on digital and Blu-ray. That is October 4th. Make sure to check it out. I want to welcome both of you guys on the show. You guys doing okay today? Doing, doing great. good here. Uh, Dale, excited? Tomorrow, big day, release of the film? Yes. Always excited and, and always nervous, all at the same time. I, I bet. Now, uh, like we said, you directed this film. What attracted you to the script? What, what made you want to direct this movie? I mean, I worked with Suzanne on um, many projects prior. And it was just this really cool creature film, creature feature that I always enjoy working on horror and genre pictures. And um, we had some concepts batting around and we really liked it. I really liked the idea. And then of course, it was a relationship movie as well, um, which my heart always goes out to. And um, it's just a really nuanced horror movie. And I don't know, there's, there's those elements that I really like. So we spoke to the writer and we all incorporated all those ideas in it and um, and cast it and there it is. So yeah, it was just, it was a unique idea. I mean, these movies, creature movies uh, of this sort have been done and, mm -hmm. and, and definitely influenced us, right? Um, but this one, we were trying to push to do things a little differently because you don't want to do a, a same carbon copy of something else, yeah. right? More um mockument or mock you mockbuster whatever they call them but so it was different we were trying, trying to take it seriously and um, we really just wanted to make a really kind of cool movie so absolutely oh, yeah. now michael uh, you play the character of uncle bill which we're going to get to but we cannot ignore the elephant in the room that we discussed before we got live uh you know when you go to imdb you have this huge impressive resume 213 credits to your name. God bless you. Uh, you know, IMDb has that known for section. And I'm like, how can Eddie and the Cruisers not be in Michael's known for section? My question to you is, now being a veteran, a screen veteran actor, if you had the opportunity now to go back to 82, 83 and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give yourself back then uh, just being thrown into this big hit of a film called Eddie and the Cruisers? Uh, I would, I would, I would say it's going to be a long career. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, when you're that young, it, it's like you fall into it, you can fall out of it. Right. So, yeah. But isn't the impression that, like uh, such success at such a young age in your career did, did it give you a false sense of like, wow, this is not as hard as everybody says. I just got my, I was a star in a hit movie. What's the difficulty everybody's talking about? Um, no, I, I became aware of the magic that is in, you know, the movie and, and television and, and the entertainment industry. It, there, I think there really is magic. It, that, uh, for some reason, some, you know, it's like, I know I always say this about directors and it is about actors. Some somebody can say a line and nobody laughs. Somebody else says a line and everybody laughs. Yeah. And what is the magic there? You know, it's uh it's a multifaceted, you know, all this stuff has to come into play at just the right moment between action and cut. Absolutely. You know? And uh sometimes it's it's there and there's just no you can do fifty takes and the first take was the best. 
uh, or you know I, I don't know it, it's that intangible thing that you can't put your finger on now you play uncle bill bill is portrayed as a person who has avoided responsibility his entire life what was your take on this character? I mean, when you read this script and you read Bill's character, what was your approach going to be on how you were going to play him? Well, I wanted to get clarity of what the real history of uh, me and Joe was or is. And uh, the take was, you know, it was the, like the road not taken. If I had gone left instead of right, my life would have been completely different. But you know, since I did go left, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of self-indulgent and, and uh, you know, into cars and beer and music and, you know, smoking cigars and just being like uh, you know, the, the uncle that, that young guys like, but wives and moms don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, Dale, was there a particular vision on how you wanted to portray Bill and Danny's relationship? Yeah, and I think it's captured in the film uh, pretty accurately from what I was hoping it would be. I mean, um, when we wrote the characters, uh, we concepted Bill and always had Michael Pere as my model in my head mm -hmm. the entire time. So it was always sort of a desire to reconnect and work with him again. But um, yeah, I knew... Mike, but would want to explore some other stranger and, you know, other facets of his character that he can play. So I knew that would be fun. And then, of course, um, Joseph Almani, who plays Danny, he is just the sweetest, such, uh, I mean, what a great guy that mm -hmm. guy is. And, and um, I just envisioned that young man struggling with a lot in his life, you know, wanting to do right, do good. And yet he has all these, um, uh, relationship challenges and then not to mention now he's trapped what do you live for what do you fight for so to see them together on the screen um, and to get the people um, and the actors that we wanted that was pretty awesome now the film has a lot of dream sequences in it in fact one of the opening scenes is a dream sequence uh, do you want the audience to see that as sort of foreshadowing of what's about to come Always. I mean, in every image that you make, there's always a message in there. At least you're thinking about it. Um, it is it is a foreshadow if you want to think about it. Sure, there's a little fun scare there and it sets up the tone, all of that visually for the film. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it's really this, you know, subtext about his inability to communicate in relationships with a deeper struggle that's going on, which he deals with later on in the film that creeps up on him, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the film is, you know, on the surface, it is a creature movie. Yeah. But all that stuff that happens, it starts to twist a little bit. And we go into, I would say it's a really fun um, moment when there's a moment that occurs with um, Uncle um, Bill. And the audience goes, what is happening here? Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. I mean, and then you slowly realize this is a little different. What is going on? And um um, it's really cool. Now, Michael, do you think Bill is trying to make up for his past mistakes or has he accepted the situation and is just living in the moment? Well, 
I, I think it's both of those things that he accepted. I have to accept the world as it is, but I want to be there for Joe. You know, I want to be there as an alternate, you know, because he's going he's to get married. He's, you know, he's going to mm-hmm. have a baby and a family and all this stuff. And don't you realize the amount of responsibility and fun you're going to give up? You know, it's like almost like Bill, in a sense, is like Peter Pan. You don't yeah. want to grow up, man. It's no fun. <laughs> it's responsibility. It's being, you know, working hard and being serious and no more drinking and racing and, and, and smoking and doing what you want and, you know. I don't want to grow up. I'm a poisonous <laughs> kid. <laughs> exactly. Bill but in is- a sense, you know, I'm, I'm offering him this, but then I am an example of those choices. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, the guy wears dirty clothes. He's got the piece of shit car that he's going to be working on for the rest of his life and never win a, a you know, a street race with. And it's like, you know, uh, it's kind of so, you know, in, in one sense, it's like, do you really want to grow up? Yeah. And then, and, you know, and then later on, I'm sure I'm thinking, kid, you don't want to end up like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Now, yeah. Dale. Being an uncle is great, but being a dad is the ideal. You know? Two completely different things. Uncle could be the fun uncle, you know, without the dad exactly. responsibilities. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Dale, there are a lot of hallucinations apart from the dream sequences. Um, does Do those hallucinations reveal what Danny's true feelings are towards his uncle Bill? Yeah. I mean, that definitely can. Depends on how you want to take it. But yeah, I would say yes. That was the intent. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of revelations in this film as it goes on that Danny did not know about until that moment. Why did he have all this, I don't know, sort of pent-up disdain for his uncle that comes through in the film? Yeah, I think that's just laying underneath, you know? I think he, you know, there's little longing looks where he's thinking about his uncle, mm-hmm. you know? I think that whether they're too long or not long enough or if it's clear or not. But there's always, just as Michael explained, like, here's this guy I look up to and I like him. He's cool, but... Look at what he's, you know, it starts to slowly sink in to him. And it's this big inciting incident that occurs that really makes him think about it. And then, as you said, there are moments of twists and revelations that occur that really solidify what he feels. Suspected or knew all along. That's right. But I think, too, yeah, that's great. And that's very subtle. Um, some people may not even capture that or get that on first viewing and they mm-hmm. have to go back and look at photos. You know, he looks at some things and they're like, ah, you yeah. know, I mean, we, I thought it was really obvious, but some people like I, I watched it again and you know, yeah. that's time I like, ah, yeah. So it depends on how, how it hits you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I love those moments. Me too. Me too. Now, Dale, let's, let's talk about the creatures. Okay. That now you as a director, the writer, you know, comes up with sort of an outline of what these things might look like, but it really falls on to you to bring them to life. Uh, did you play around with a lot of different concepts? It looks like it was practical effects. Uh, how did you come up with the, uh, you know, I don't even know what to call them. They're creatures that come up from the ground. How did you come up with the concept that ultimately is what we see on the screen? Well, we knew we wanted those to be what they are, but um, the writer 
didn't know what they were going to be like. They just said they wrote the creatures. That's all they were known as. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, it, that really rested on me and coming up with it, and then finding a really talented uh, special effects creature maker to bring it to life. Um, there were so many things that I wanted more unique for the creatures to do and behave, but we were really limited mm -hmm. uh, with our budget. So just to get something that looked cool and menacing um, and created by Dan Rebert, um, gifted artist. I mean, the guy is just, he's an artist, man, mm -hmm. the way he does it, though the work he's done previously. And I saw a film called Itsy Bitsy. I saw his stuff and I said, this is the kind of thing that, we need this artist. And Suzanne said, I'm calling him. And she called him. And I guess because of the uh, situation we were in at the time, things were slow and he just jumped on the project and dug it. And we had a lot of fun, but he and I, we, he did sketches and I would always push. I wanted it longer and skinnier and more, a lot more going on. And we just couldn't. So um, in the end uh, we ended up creating these that it, it, what we were able to work with and afford and tried to make them, you you know, put them in situations uh, so they didn't do always the same thing. You know? Exactly, yeah. It sounds like everything lined up pretty perfectly. Now, Michael, we see two different versions of Bill. The real life in the moment, you know, let's have some fun. Are you sure you want to get married, like you said? And then we see the, the Bill that Danny hallucinates. Uh, a much more menacing Bill uh pushes danny's buttons taunts him when you were approaching these the, the same character but two different versions of the same character how did you approach it what kind of different mindsets did you get into when you were playing bad bill as opposed to i'm your best friend bill well like like i was saying it's it's one thing to be a kid but when you refuse to grow up you know, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of a degenerate. You yeah. know, it's uh, you. Part of life is to continue to go through the stages. I mean, you know, your days are numbered. You know, and when you're one to eighteen, okay, you're a kid. But from eighteen to twenty-five, that's when you grow up. Yeah. And twenty-five to fifty-five, if you haven't grown up, you you're not really a good person. It's mm -hmm. selfish, self-obsessed, narcissistic, you know, um, evil. You know, it's uh, the the it's it's just contrary to what the human uh, experience is supposed to be. If you refuse to grow up, exactly. When I say grow up, I mean evolve and be a more uh, compassionate, patient, kind, and loving and supportive person. If you're just constantly indulging in yourself, you're becoming a monster. Exactly. So that's that's kind of where. Uh, that that went and it's like don't grow up why do you want to grow up why do you want to be this? come on come on we're gonna have fun it's like you know in uh pinocchio go to uh you know that that island they go to yeah <laughs> you know, it's, yeah it's, and, and uh, i think so the that, word that's where i went and i think the you know the word you use narcissist you know self-absorbed selfish it, all those words hit it right on the head now uh dale the creatures sort of remain a mystery throughout the whole film. Was that done intentionally? I'm talking about origins. Where did it come from? What are they? Uh, we get a little bit of information, but not a whole bit. Not, I'm sorry, not a whole lot. Was that the intent? Yes. Uh, there was a lot of discussion about how much information we should give. 
Um, and and there is a lot of information, actually. And I always thought it was just exposition, talking about it. This is what it is. This is where it came from. This is why it's happening. But the reality is, is, you know, I always find mystery more interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and I kept telling producers, you know, as we're doing this is less is more, actually. You know, I mean, we can find out and reveal more. But the reality is, it's the first one. We don't know what they are, or where they come came from. I mean, I will say that they're not aliens from space. I no. can say that they came from the ground. But what caused them to do this? And we sprinkled in reasons for what they might have or why they are growing or whatnot and shedding or molting or whatnot. But I mean, is that even really the truth? I'm always intrigued by this idea that we know the rules. You know, hey, if I shoot this guy with a silver bullet, guy's going to go down. If you don't, he's not. But what happens when you shoot that guy with a silver bullet and you were wrong? Yeah. That fascinates me. So this idea of rules and breaking them or our understanding um, truths to be what they are fascinates me. So, you know, I love skirting that a little bit here and just saying just what we need. Because at the end of the day, I don't know. Would it really make that much difference if we knew what they were? No. You know, right now, I'm. It's more about survival, and um, I don't care what they are. You know, in reality, just get away from me. I need to survive. You my, know, one of my main questions after the film ended was: Is this isolated to just this one area, or is this worldwide? You know, and I think that's that's fascinating. It's a question that many people will have. Uh, Michael, do you think? your character and when you were building a backstory no matter how deeply you went into it when you were building a backstory for bill do you think bill your character and danny's father who's your brother in the movie uh do you think you your character felt a responsibility to sort of look after danny yeah yeah well not to to just be there for him as a guy you know, like uh, boys need, you know, a male figure around yeah. and uh, just being around, um, you know, of course, I'm not going to let him get bullied or anything like that, but I'm not going to help him with his algebra homework. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm let's go camping, let's go fishing, let's do stuff that, you know, boys like to do. And uh, more like a friend relationship than a parental type. Well, the uncle, you're the uncle without real responsibility. That's why yeah. I say, well, I'll take him camping, but I'm not going to help him with his algebra homework. Exactly. You know, which is probably going to get him a better job when he, when he grows up. But camping is fun. Or, Fishing is fun. Or, or give him relationship advice. You know, definitely not. Which, Dale, that brings me to you. Gwen uh, plays Danny's uh, fiance, I guess, uh, is a good term. You know, their relationship is very complicated. She, throughout the whole film, you know, Danny's a cop. She wants him to leave the force. She's afraid that he's going to get killed on the job. Uh, how do you view their dynamics as a relationship, as a couple? On her, you know, she seemed pretty serious that she was going to break this off if he did not leave the force. Which, from a man's perspective, being given that ultimatum, hey, choose your career or me puts puts a man in a very hard spot so how do you view their dynamics yeah it is complex and depending on how you view her you, you could think that she's very controlling and hard at the same time she's uh, the character that really 
just loves him so much that she probably doesn't want to lose him. Yeah. That's my take on it. Um, And it's interesting that you brought up the opening of the film, you know, in that sequence. Um, I shot, I, I, I fought very hard to shoot an opening sequence that wasn't necessarily written, but it would have set it up differently. It would have been the moment that they all talk about in exposition, which is the robbery. I think that if we perhaps find it an opportunity to see some of that, you know, what happened and how he was affected by that shooting, that effect probably would have affected the audience perhaps in a different way yeah. and influenced our um, feelings about Gwen, you know, cause it, it would have been harrowing and scary and all of that, you know, imagine that in, you know, like body cam or something like you're, you're really there. And in this world, it would have made it rather relevant with all the videos and things that we see online all the time. But anyway, yeah, I mean, they have very complex relationship and, and it was one that was only answered by, you know, what happens in the film for this, these two characters. But yeah. And we're not going to give away any spoilers. I want to thank the both of you guys for coming on here. Again, the movie is called they crawl beneath. It is coming out tomorrow on blu-ray and digital dale as far as you know is it going tomorrow on video on demand or is tomorrow just a blu-ray digital release i believe it's going to be available digital blu-ray and dvd okay all right so there you guys go check it out i'm sure amazon will have it for order uh this is a very fun creature film if you love creature films you're going to love this michael thank you so much it's been a pleasure talking to you uh I noticed, Michael, you have like 20 projects that are coming up. You are a very, very busy man. As a final question, do you feel blessed to have had and your career that is still going? I mean, do you feel blessed to have had the career that you are having right now? Absolutely. That's why I say there is definitely magic involved. And, you you know, a blessing, you know, magic, it's... Yeah, yeah, I'm very fortunate, but I love my job, man. I love making I can tell. movies. Anybody who watches this can tell just by watching you speak how much you love your craft and you're great at it. I want to thank you guys so much. I want to thank our audience, those of you who have tuned in live and those of you who will be watching this later on. Again, the movie They Crawl Beneath, starring Michael, Michael Paré, directed by Dale Fabregar, available tomorrow on Blu-ray and digital. On behalf of... Michael, Dale, and myself, guys, stay safe and stay walking. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thanks John. John.